0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet.
1: I plan on tearing down my house to build a new one. Does the demo contractor get the salvage value of the scrap materials or do I get it? My current home has a metal roof. When I demolish the house, will the roof have any value beyond scrap price what normally happens in that case? Thank you. Well, here's the deal. It's all negotiable. You can negotiate. You know, if you want to keep the 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 roof or the metals and all this kind of stuff, you can always negotiate that. Uh, depending on how they're going to demolish the house, though, you may find it may cost you more for you to keep the stuff than to just let them take it. And, and here's why: if you're going to keep it. Uh, Let's use the metal roof as an example. You're going to probably want it taken off in nice pieces. And if that's the case, well, that's going to take labor. That costs money. They have to charge you for that. If they're going to just come in with a demolisher, you know, maybe a a large backhoe or, or something, then knock the house down and just pile it all into the trucks to haul it away, that goes a lot faster. Therefore, it's cheaper. So it's really going to depend. Now, typically your salvage guys or or your guys who demo the house, they're going to pull the wiring, they're going to pull the metal and stuff like that, but not necessarily to save it for any type of reuse. They're typically just pulling it out, what's easily pulled out and set aside, and take it to a scrapyard. And a lot of times that's kind of calculated in their prices. So it, it's really going to just depend on who's doing it and how you negotiate your pricing. It never hurts to ask, though, and that's the key thing. Talk to whoever you're going to have do this and find out. Kathy, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yes,
0: I was calling about I have a faucet, and outside faucet that's leaking. And uh-huh. the plumber said he could put a stop on it, and you couldn't use it, but it would stop the leak. Or he would have to go through the brick to get into the interior of the house to fix it. Which would you okay. do?
1: Honestly, I I would have it fixed right where I still have the hose bib. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, is he Is he telling you that the seals cannot be repacked? I
0: I don't know. My husband just told me the story. He said, these are your two choices. Yeah. That's what the plumber said. But when it leaks, it's leaking pretty good now. And like in the summer when I used it with the hose Uh on it, it could fill up buckets of water into the bucket as
1: I was watering. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, The the way hose bibs
1: work i'm sorry go ahead
0: go ahead well uh about three years ago somebody put something on the exterior of it and it did stop Uh it for a long time but it started back
1: yeah well and maybe that's maybe they did this already because inside of there you know if you look at where the handle is underneath the handle that you use to turn it on and off is a large nut and if you unscrew that nut What's up in there is uh, washers and o-rings and what and, and the packing that can seal everything and sometimes they do have to be rebuilt uh, but if that's already been done and now it's starting to leak again, it may be time to replace it mm-hmm. you know it sounds pretty horrifying to have to remove a brick to go in there and and put the new one on but truthfully it's not as big a deal as it sounds like uh, you can figure that you're you know the plumber's gonna have to. You're going to have to pay the plumber, and then the brick mason is going to probably charge you roughly about the same as what the plumber charged to put the brick back in and get the uh, mortar lines to match in color and everything. So it can be done, and the thing is, once it's done, it'll probably last you another 30 or 40 years again.
0: Okay, great. What should I expect to pay for that going the interior and totally redoing it? with the brick in the summer?
1: Realistically, and I hate to throw this on the air, but you're probably looking at something in the five to $600 range by the time it's all done. Okay,
0: great. Well, you've been very helpful. Okay. Thank Take you. Thank you, Kathy. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Here's one that just came in actually uh, 45 minutes ago. I just realized that a portion of the attic adjacent to a living space does not have an exhaust vent. The roof is south-facing and approximately 120 to 150 square foot of floor space. Do you recommend solar or passive ventilation? Can you recommend a contractor for such a small job? Well, especially on something that small, you definitely want to go with passive, not solar. You just don't have enough square footage there to justify going solar uh, on an exhaust fan because it would just move way too much air. So you want to make sure that you got good uh, soffit vents. Get a a uh, whether it's a ridge vent or an air hawk is probably what you need in that situation. Is an air hawk. A lot of times when these cold fronts come where the temperatures drop that fast, I get calls about the tile popping and I, I received actually through our website THIPro.com there's an Ask Jim button I received a couple of emails this week as far as tile popping up and, and forming a tent and a lot of times what causes that is a drastic temperature change because the cold fronts blow in the outside concrete starts cooling rapidly and it starts reaching in Well, you got your heaters going, the tile inside is staying warm, the concrete underneath is getting cold, and it usually reaches in about six, eight feet, somewhere in that range, and all of a sudden the tile, you'll hear it pump, and it'll pop up, and the tile literally stands up like a little pup tent, about three inches. It's not that your foundation broke. It's really that rapid temperature change that caused that issue now they do make some mastics that you can put down that have some elasticity to them to in when you install new tile and that's a great way to go or they make mats that you can put down to separate and a lot of times people will say oh well, my tile's been here for 20 years and now all of a sudden this happened it is typically not something that happens when all the tiles and everything are new it's as materials have aged and become really a little more brittle is when it tends to happen so don't be surprised if it happens and it's not something to worry about if your foundation is is going bad because if you don't have sheetrock cracks doors out of alignment things like that you're really not having a foundation problem hello bob how can i help you hey uh, we're looking to possibly buy a new home
2: it's in an area north of Houston that uh, right now it's a large development, but there's no natural gas piped in. They, they expect it to be brought in later. And so, you know, my options now are a propane tank and that kind of uh, propane-fired furnace or right. a heat pump. Any thoughts on um, trade-offs there? Uh,
1: the, the neighborhood that you're looking at, is it going to be just regular residential? Or is it going to be like one acre lots, or?
2: Yeah, no, it's two two acres plus. TGR okay. is the initials. If you got any. Um.
1: Okay, and the reason I ask that, if I live in a neighborhood like that, right, where it's one plus acre lots, you will never get natural gas in there, because the cost of them running it is cost prohibitive for them to make enough off selling you the gas. The places are too far apart, so if it's not in there when you buy it. I would not count on it ever coming in. Okay. Uh, on my house, I am all electric right now, and every time i got to change out anything, whether it's the furnace or the stovetop, I always debate whether I want to put in the gas. But every time I look at the cost, it's just not worth it.
2: This is new construction, so bury a propane tank and do that or... You know, the natural, I mean, the electrical service up there is either a co op or a regulated uh, right. full full service utility. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not competitive.
1: It's not, but the rates usually from them are pretty good because uh, I'm in a co op area myself. Uh, but it, as far as should you put it in, you know, you're probably going to add in the neighborhood of about $8,000 to run the lines, put in the tank and all that stuff so you have to decide if it's worth it or not uh i i will tell you i love cooking on gas and gas heat is much more efficient than going with electric but how often do we use our heaters and that's what really makes it cost prohibitive we just don't use them enough and if you go with a heat pump they they have become so efficient nowadays that uh, it, it just you can't justify the cost if you want it for a comfort and cooking uh, reason, then I'd say do it. But, like I say, you can, you can expect to spend at least $8,000 on it.
2: Okay. Um, second question, you know, in, in walking around uh, the models up there, I haven't seen the PEC piping as, as for plumbing. Is that no, no longer um, the thing, or what, what's going on in that area?
1: No, no. PECs is used all the time.
2: Okay, and, and that's better than than copper and um, PVC, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to say it's better than copper. Uh, I would definitely do it before I do PVC. Uh, copper piping. I mean, that's still a, a darn good piping system that you don't have a lot of worries about. There are some big advantages to PEX. Though one, cost is 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 a huge advantage. But two. If you do get a freeze, and the pipes freeze, PEX expands and contracts again. It doesn't break, where right. your your uh, copper pipes would. But beyond that, you can, you can do either one. Cop, yeah. Copper pipes now, is, though are still Cadillac. Is that foam
2: with copper a, a good choice, or is it better to use PEX with that uh, you know that sprayed in foam as insulation, as opposed to you know bats and uh,
1: Oh, oh no! You you can use the spray foam with copper or PEX, either one. Which are you saying is cheaper? The PEX. Okay. Matt, welcome to seven forty KTRH. How can I help you?
3: Love your show, Jim. Great way to pass the time. Um, Thank you. I've got a I've got a nine year old house here in Katy. Uh, David Weekly Builder, and on the second floor, my daughter's bathroom. Um, Every time she takes a shower, it's leaking through uh, the second floor into, onto the ceiling, and it's, um, I've recaulked her floor in her bathroom. I'm about ready to seal it, so I'm thinking it's coming through the, through the tile caulking. Is that possible?
1: It's possible, it- but I've got to tell you, it's probably unlikely. Is it a standalone okay. shower, or is it a tub shower combo?
3: It's a tub shower, and when she wasn't home one day, I ran water through it for about 15 minutes, and it didn't leak. But it's every time she's in the shower. I'm, she's got a lot of hair, so um, I'm thinking she's flinging it everywhere, and it's getting on the floor and coming through the, the caulking.
1: Yeah, that that would take a lot of water, though, to uh, to do that. I'm wondering if it's... if. Uh, when, when you ran water into the tub, did you also use the shower? No, I did not. Okay. Do, th- do that again, but this time have it run up to the shower head because one of the, from the valve, the diverter valve up to the shower head, could have a leak in it. Okay. And that's where you're getting your water from.
3: Got it. That makes sense. Okay.
1: And, and that would give you enough water to saturate through the sheetrock like you're having.
3: Okay. Great. Great idea. Thank you.
1: You bet. Take care. Timbo, how are
2: you? Hi, Jim. Thanks a lot for taking my call, buddy. You bet. I uh, enjoy your show. Love to listen to it when I get a chance. Uh, Calling today, just like so many other people, you know, went through the whole Harvey thing. Wet carpet, sheetrock, repainting, and whole nine yards. My question is, weep holes. Yeah. Are pros and cons of filling them up.
1: There, there, there is no pros to filling them up. It's all cons.
2: Okay. So they are, don't. Reckon-
1: they are, they are there for a reason. The, the, the brick and the mortar allows moisture to go through it. And what weep holes do, the moisture when it travels through, there's a gap. On the backside of the brick, between the brick and the uh, stud wall, the moisture will run down the backside. Your brick ledge is an inch and a half, inch and three quarters lower than the floor inside the house. So the moisture runs down, it gets onto that brick ledge, and comes out the weep holes. And, and I have a lot of people who say, well, i never never any water come out. It is very minor. The, 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 the few drips that come out and when it's raining everything's wet so it's not like you're going to see gushing water coming out of there when you seal it up that moisture can start to mold and, and actually cause problems inside the wall you, you've got to leave those weep holes open they are definitely there for a reason Joyce welcome Texas Home Improvement Okay, I've got a question about
0: getting squirrels out of my attic. I know they are in there. I know where they're getting in. And I've heard that I can just get the whole sealed
1: during the day when they're out. Or, and that that'll work, but I'm afraid of stealing some in there. And I uh, want to know whether that's an option or whether I should just get somebody out there, a pest control company, to do it for me. Well, you know, typically you can go ahead and close it up during the day when they're out, as long as there's no young ones in there. It's the young ones that will be the ones that will be in there during the day. And right now— how do I I know they're in there? Well, right now, this this is not the season for them to have young ones, so you'd be safe to close it up during the day right now. Okay. And that'll work to keep them out? Well, they, they may find another spot that they chew through to get back into the attic, and that's just something you have to watch for. True. Now, they do All the pest control companies some, I've spoken to are very expensive, so I yes, it is. hesitate to do that. And I also have someone who tells me he'll get on the roof and seal it up with metal and flashing and things so that they can't get back in in the same area. Right. Yeah, you got to seal the gaps and stuff. Now, if you put even just, uh, like, steel wool into any of the holes, that will keep rodents from coming through that hole until you can get a regular patch on it. Uh, The other thing I will tell you is, you know, they make these sonic devices for, for pests, you know, for getting rid of squirrels and mice and rats and things like that. And when you talk to a lot of different people, it has a a 50-50 chance of working. Uh, You may want to consider trying one of those simply because once you get them out, it'll tend to keep them out and keep them coming back. Yeah,
3: I've worked good and and that those are pretty worthless. I've also heard that.
1: Well, I, I tell you what, what I have finally decided on those things, you know, because... We as humans don't hear any noise from them. We can't tell if it's working or not, and so I don't think the manufacturers are testing them very well before shipping them out, and they're sending out a lot that don't work. They're sending out a lot that do work, and you're, okay. you're running the risk when you buy one. So any any brand
0: names or the better brand names or the better reviews, or how would I pick one?
1: Truthfully, I have not looked at them and and reviewed them, so I I really wouldn't have any recommendations for that. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for your help. You bet, Joyce. Good luck with that. Thank you. Is there a sleeve that can be put down a sewer pipe to go go past a gap between the pipe at the bottom of the slab to the pipe in the ground? This would be both 2-inch and 4-inch pipes. Jim, I hate to tell you, no, there's not. Uh, There are sleeves, you know, it's called slip lining, that are done for pipes, but it's typically larger pipes and it's straight run lines. As far as, you know, sleeving that area between the pipes in the house down into the pipes under the house, it's just a matter of literally going under the house and that's not so simple, digging t- tunnels underneath there, or jackhammering through the slab and installing a new piece of pipe. If you got old cast iron pipes and stuff, a lot of times you can knock the cast iron through and slide a PVC pipe through that opening. But uh, as far as a sleeve to go inside the existing, no, it's not really something that's available. And as far as slip lining, anytime you got a T or anything like that, you can't slip line it because it can't make that turn and, and seal everything up. And so slip lining is only for straight runs, uh, no tees or anything. How to install ADA bars in tub shower with existing ceramic tile on the walls of the shower. I'm having trouble locating the wall studs. Do I need to anchor the bars to the studs or is there another choice? Well, you know, the, the harder you're going to pull on those bars, the more critical it is that they're anchored to the studs. Usually, if you know you're going to be putting in bars in, in a tub shower later, they would put in support, you know, two by sixes normally across the studs in order to give you a good spot to anchor them. When you're retrofitting, it is a problem. Uh, Yeah, you can use the toggle bolts and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't give you the same strength as going straight into the studs. So as much as possible, find the studs and anchor them in there. Now, they make stud finders, which are nothing more than a typically than a magnet that are looking for the nails or screws that are going into the studs so you could use something like that to help locate the studs and once you find the first one then it's just a matter of measuring based on whether the studs in your home are on 16 inch centers on 24 inch centers or 20 inch centers depending on when the house is built will depend on what centers the studs are put in at. and don't forget you can always start by coming especially if you're on an outside wall If you come off the outside wall, come in 16 inches, use the the stud finder to see if you can find it there, try 20 inches, and then try 24. Uh, By doing that, coming off the outside wall, that gives you a starting point because typically that's where they'll start building the wall for the tub surround and everything. So there's a little trick that you can try to uh, find it. I have a small hole in the wall right next to the shower in the bathroom that I need to repair. I have a small piece of standard sheetrock. so is there something I can paint or coat it to give it the same qualities as green rock? I do not want to buy a whole sheet of green rock just for a 6x12 patch. Do you have any suggestions? I do. I mean, yes, there are coatings that you can put on it, but truthfully, if you put a coating on it, it's probably going to show different when you go to paint it. Put the. You're talking about a six by twelve patch, and I know it's it's in the bathroom, but you know a lot of bathrooms don't have green rock in them at all. Use the regular sheetrock. Put a primer sealer on it. Then you can go ahead and match your texture and everything. Primer seal it again, and paint. And that will give it the protection that you need. Uh, if you were doing the whole bathroom and going to put one of those sealers over everything, I, I would, you know, say, yeah, that's great, and you know, then you can texture and match and all that stuff. But when you're doing just a patch that way, uh, you're better off to just go ahead and use a primer sealer and and be done with it because you you're it's tough to make sure that not just the texture matches, but the paint sheen matches as well flat paints are much more forgiving than a semi-gloss or a glossy paint but in a bathroom you don't want to use flat because it it just doesn't hold up to the moisture and so you know that's one of those areas where you just got to be careful about it Todd welcome to Texas Home Improvement hey thanks for taking my call you bet
2: okay so i was listening to your call or you speak earlier about redoing kitchens with cabinets and that made sense but i've also got a challenge where i have some popcorn uh it's obviously on the ceilings but it also comes down the wall and i wanted to try and get rid of that and i didn't know how to do that cost effectively and second one since i was just listening to you uh, speak on bathrooms i've yeah. got uh the previous owner painted over wallpaper and it's kind of got a, a texture or design, and I've tried removing it with the, uh, uh, the kill stuff and this, and it takes some of it off, but it leaves it in there, and I don't know if it's yeah. better just to rip that uh, sheetrock out and redo it, or is there a better way to get that off without tearing it up?
1: Well, let's start with the popcorn first. Sorry. Uh, one of the, no, no, that's, that's okay. One of the easiest ways to get popcorn off the ceilings and stuff and one of the safest ways. Take a misting bottle and spray a little moisture on it. It softens it up and then you can use just a six or 12 inch putty knife to scrape it off. They do make bags and and stuff that you can actually have it dropping into as you're scraping it off that attach to the end of the putty knife. Uh, They also make some vacuum units that you can attach to a putty knife for scraping off the popcorn so it doesn't make such a mess because it will make a huge mess. Spraying moisture on it though minimizes the mess because it's not turning it to dust as you're scraping it off. How old of home is this? Nope, sounds like we lost Todd. Uh, and the reason I'm asking how old the home is on, a, on an extremely old home, sometimes there can be some asbestos that's mixed in and that becomes even more critical to make sure that you've sprayed it down with moisture. You don't want to saturate it where it's dripping or anything. You just need a little moisture on it. Uh, and then as far as on the walls, typically the walls have so many coats of paint on it that you end up sanding it off instead of trying to scrape it off. On wallpaper, you do have some choices. You can go over wallpaper with texture and stuff, but there's a process involved. The first thing you need to do if you're going to try to, to go over wallpaper is primer and seal it. You can use like a, a Zinsser primer sealer to paint it. And what that'll do is, if there's any loose spots, they'll bubble up where you can scrape those or cut those off. Your second step is going to be to float it with sheetrock mud just like you were taping floating a new sheetrock wall you can float out all the joints where the 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 rolls of wallpaper meet and any place where you had to cut anything off when you're finished with that you got to primer seal it a second time because otherwise when you paint it your textures will look different then you can go ahead and apply your texture paint it and you know, be done with everything. I, I typically, before I'm going to paint it, will primer seal it a third time, uh, just so that where my texture is, everything matches as well. Um, now, that only works if it's a paper type wallpaper. If you've got vinyl wallpaper, if you've got any of it that's got the foil on it, any of that kind of stuff, then you have to peel it off. And you don't necessarily have to take off the sheetrock. You can literally peel off the wallpaper and then skim coat the wall. And skim coating can be done you know, by using the, the putty knife and spreading the mud and dragging it smooth. Or you can actually take and mix a little water in with the sheetrock mud, use a paint roller, a, a heavy paint roller like a one-inch nap, and roll the sheetrock mud on the wall and use a wide putty knife to drag it smooth. You let it dry, texture it, paint it, good to go. Again, before you paint it, use a primer sealer, though, because it will come out so much better. But you don't have to necessarily peel off all the wallpaper, and you really don't have to replace the sheetrock just because you have to peel off the wallpaper. I had an interesting email that came in, and uh, I was going to use it, and I'm not sure where I put it. But the gist of it was, they were wanting to do some remodeling on their home, and they were wondering, when is the best time of year to hire the contractor? Well, funny thing is, there are better times of year to hire different contractors. Uh, As an example, if you are looking at doing a lot of landscaping, for instance, spring is not the time of year to be hiring a landscape contractor why because everybody's wanting to hire landscape contractors in the spring so when is the best time to hire a landscape contractor typically in the fall and a lot of people don't realize it but if you're planting trees and things like that fall is the best time to plant them as well because it gives it time for the roots to start getting established and then come springtime there's massive growth. Painting your home. Everybody wants to paint in the spring and summer. So when's the best time to hire a painter? Fall and winter. And as uh, uh, for the inside, uh, October, November is probably not the best time for inside painting because everybody's wanting to get paint their house painted for, you know, the holidays and for company coming, things like that. So, uh, again, for painting, on the inside, summer's a good time. The painters want to be inside instead of outside in the summer months. Now, I, I, I say all these things because when you go to hire these contractors at these different times of year, that's where you get the best deals. They'll actually work with you on discounts and stuff. In fact we missed one of the great times of years for doing remodeling and that's before the holidays and through the holidays. A lot of times contractors will offer discounts through the holidays in order to keep their guys busy. Now here in Texas this year that really wasn't an issue because of uh, the flooding from Harvey. All the contractors are busy and, and kept things going but keep it in mind you know if you're if you're looking to do remodeling and stuff think about when does everybody else want to do it air conditioning contractors another great example everybody's replacing their air conditioner in the summer months because you know they've they've kept their systems going uh through the winter through the spring even early summer and they're trying to make it through till the next winter when the heat gets really hot, that's when the A.C. goes out. That's not a good time to be trying to buy an A.C. system. You want to be shopping your A.C. system now. This is a great time to be buying air conditioning because there's rebates that are available, there's incentives, and the contractors are wanting to keep their guys busy. Think about what you're wanting to get done, and that'll help you decide what's a good time of year to do it. Now, since we were talking about You know, when is a good time to hire contractors? There's one other piece of information that kind of goes with that that I want to pass along, at least in my opinion. Salespeople and who to avoid. You know, if a salesperson is in your home or business and the price is only good while they're there, don't do business with them. Real discount offers, they'll be good for more than one day. Even if they're, they're trying to do a, a holiday discount to keep guys busy or something like that, it's good for more than one day. If they're not willing to give you time to think about it, you don't need to be doing business with them. I can tell you it will be a problem down the road. Uh, you know, Typically, that just means there's a reason they don't want anyone else to come out. Usually, they probably inflated the price to begin with. Now, if the, in, if the salesperson offers to wait in their car while you and your spouse discuss the sales, again, don't do business with them. And, and one of the biggest businesses in the country used to operate that way. And you're seeing them go out of business. Uh, you know, their tool line and stuff, they're, they're, uh, I, I'll say it up front Sears used to do that. And I think it's one of the things that helped put them out of business because you couldn't really rely on them at that point. I mean, the home improvement industry, it's been changing over the last few years. And, you know, homeowners, they are more aware of what should be done to their homes than they've ever been before because of the Internet and things like that. You can go and search things so much easier. So there should be less talk about the sales process and more talk about your project so that you can make an informed decision and if your salesperson really isn't knowledgeable about what's going to be done get somebody else who is and it doesn't mean you gotta uh... change companies that just means ask for somebody else from that company maybe to come out who is more knowledgeable You know, and if that salesperson is more interested in just using their canned presentation, you may want to talk with someone else as well because, again, he just doesn't know the job. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next weekend here on KRLD with more Texas Home Improvement.